No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Hmm. Yeah. It's unbelievable. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. That's a nice number right there. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. And let me tell you, guys, my time is money, baby. Skeets does everything fast. I've got people to see and groceries to buy. That's right, Trey, which is why I love the GameTime app, because it's super quick to navigate. The two-tap checkout is by far one of my favorite parts. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. It's going to be a long night. I'm going to stock up on energy. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. It's Tuesday. I'm Jay Skeets up in Toronto, where I did not win a single seat in last night's Canadian elections. And alongside me, my campaign leader, making the magic happen, JD. How's it going, Ed? There he is. Hey, down in Atlanta, we got the homie Tass Mellis. I'm Michael Barbaro. <laughs> the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, oh. Hey, yo. And the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm, Lily, thanks so much for joining us here on Tuesday. Guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Yeah, that's right. At No Dunks Inc. Even for our Instagram account now. No <laughs> See underscore. you later, underscore. Get out of here, <laughs> underscore. We're going straight No Dunks Inc. now. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And you can email us your NBA questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. We're going to record our first Beach Steppin' podcast tomorrow afternoon so you've got about you know give or take about 24 hours here to get your questions in so email us no dunks at theathletic.com or hit us up on twitter hashtag no dunks all right lots to talk about here today whole bunch to talk about with opening night finally nba basketball is back in our lives tonight but we start with some bummer news bummer alert here major bummer alert um nolan's rookie forward zion williamson it's gonna be sidelined up to two months After undergoing surgery on his right knee on Monday, the Pelicans said Williamson was diagnosed with a torn lateral meniscus, and the timetable is, you know, for his return, about six to eight weeks. Based on that schedule, we're likely not seeing Zion until mid-December, maybe even close to the start of 2020. Um, How much does this suck? We were trying to stay optimistic yesterday when we knew he was going to miss a period of weeks, but it turns out surgery is happening, and and now at least at the minimum he's going to be out six weeks. What do you think? I'm pretty panicked. I got to be honest. (laughs) I'm usually pretty calm when it comes to uh, players' injuries. But uh, in this case, I just don't know what to believe because we were told that there wasn't a serious injury coming, and I would consider this serious. And uh, whether you consider it serious or not, a couple months at the beginning of a career uh, for a man who's quite large at 6'6", no, no taller than that, 285 pounds. I think he lost an inch, though. Yeah, he? He did, yeah, he did. He did. But he's definitely a 6'6". Uh, and maybe I'm just extremely bummed because we got that preseason taste of how right. great he Ooh, is. Yeah. He was ridiculous. 
I know we talk a lot about who's who's the most hype player you know since LeBron James. We talk about that a lot, but LeBron James didn't have a preseason like this. I, I I don't remember a preseason like this. I don't I remember caring about preseason basketball like I do about Zion. So I was I was just amped, and I you know I didn't really follow him a lot at Duke. Now this is on our watch. You know, whatever happened before, <laughs> their watch has ended. Our watch has begun, and uh, now I'm I'm freaked out. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah, you guys can't see him, but Tass has torn out the majority of his hair already. <laughs> All and it's grace. still early, yeah. We just got this news last night. It, it sucks hard. <laughs> Lee was right. A number of weeks could be anywhere from 2 to 10. Unfortunately, the number was 6 to 8. That's a pretty mm. big number. I mean, you know, with the way they fixed the meniscus, it's always the doctor's call. They cut open, they see what's happening, and apparently the answer here was the removal, yeah. which heals faster but can lead to problems down the road. None of us know what's happening. The doctors are going to make the call. But Tass is right. The guy has 6'6", 285, and he just had some cushioning taken out of his knees. That doesn't sound like a good start to his career, but the good thing is it's on our watch now. (laughs) He has NBA doctors. He has NBA nutritionists. He has people who are going to teach him better ways to fall on the ground. I remember Dwayne Wade used to always get hurt in his career until he learned a safe way to fall. So he's going to learn from people who are dedicated to biomechanics. He's super young. He has a lot of chances to heal, and he's going to be learning from uh, you know, bigger people, more knowledgeable people than he's ever known before in his life. So I don't know. At least he can take advantage of being in the NBA at this point and hopefully uh, get his body finely tuned when he finally does come back. You just can't help but sort of think about Brandon Roy, though, for me, when you hear meniscus, because that's really what derailed his career. Sort of for the first couple of years there, he was okay. I mean, he was an all-star player, but then eventually... It, it, it basically just ended his career. And uh, again, you don't want to get too over the top with these injuries. He's a young guy. It's his first injury, major injury that maybe he can recover from. But uh, that meniscus is... is uh, anytime you're removing something from a young player's body, I think is... Just not, it's just not great for me. So no. uh, I just, I just. I hope... love keeping my body parts. That's huge <laughs> yeah. for me as well. Same, same. I'm a big meniscus guy. So uh, <laughs> I know, you know. Again, they've got all, always got the, you know, the newest and the best technology and doctors available. So, so hopefully, hopefully they can treat him and rehab him and get him back to normal. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just a very, very uncomfortable little start to the season for Zion and yeah, the Pelicans. Yeah, we don't want to freak out too much because we mm. have seen a lot of you know rookies, star rookies that. Missed their entire first season that then came back and still dominated. Blake Griffin, obviously. Joel Embiid missing tons of time. And even Ben Simmons missing an entire year. I, I think it. My, my biggest concern is I wonder if that is in play with Zion Williamson. Will they just be super, super cautious? And at some point, you know, they'll, the, the surgery has, has occurred. They're going to see how he um, you know, rehabilitates the knee. And will they at some point, maybe they're just out of like no chance of a playoff, playoff hunter or something because they have a tough schedule to start the season the Pelicans do. Will they just be like, you know what? Let's just wait a year. Let's just completely wait a year. Maybe try and get his weight down, whatever. Uh, and we don't see Zion until the start of uh, next season. I, I'm jumping the gun. You know, again, I hope he's back for like Christmas Day or something. That'd be fun. But um, I think it's sort of in play. And if that's how they're going to, if they're going to just go with the super, super cautious route. And that's a, probably a good thing if the Pelicans are doing it, because I think, as I said yesterday, I think we should have some faith in this organization. They do have fantastic trainers, a training staff, as they stole from, uh, you know, the Phoenix Suns. They've got uh, a good group of guys, an intelligent, I think, front office in there. And you mentioned a guy like Dwayne Wade, Trey, a guy who had his meniscus removed when he was at Marquette. He regretted it years later. He thought his his career would have been elongated if 
uh, he had that meniscus, that cushioning is exactly what it is still in there. Uh, but Wade had a really long career, but Wade isn't 285 pounds. And that's, I, I think the, the primary thing that they have to be thinking about, right. is just somehow starving the man to get him, <laughs> to get him slim. Uh, isn't that, isn't that the, he, he's obviously going to be ridiculously athletic at 250. Uh, but again, he's six six. I ordered a case of ACV straight down to Smoothie King Arena, so David Griffin should be expecting it pretty soon. The guy's got to stay trim, just because he's not going to be able to be on his feet as as much and working out as much while he's recovering from the injury. I mean, I I don't know. Gilbert Arenas says he thinks that Zion Williamson should be Dwayne Wade. He should lose enough weight that he's a shooting guard who doesn't have a great touch outside. He's only six foot six. That being said, the bulk is what makes him great. Yeah. That's why he can slam into Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert, a defensive player of the year, goes flying, and Zion is still able to finish. Part of what makes him special is the size. Yep. Maybe part of what makes him makes his the stress on his knees has to be the size. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a real catch twenty two. Okay, best case scenario. Best case scenario, he comes back in, you know, around that eight week mark and he's playing. Does he have enough games that you know he would be losing a good yeah, what would that be? That's a it's a good chunk of games. Or twenty five. Six weeks is twenty games. Yeah. Eight yeah. weeks is twenty seven games. Okay, yeah. so I was going to say about twenty five to thirty games. Um, he comes back and he and he balls out. Still, is that enough still for him to win Rookie of the Year? Or is that completely off the table now? Well, ironically, Brandon Roy, when he won it, only played in fifty seven games. Okay, so that's twenty five. And he I think that, I think Mark Stein tweeted that the fewest games played by a Rookie of the Year is still Patrick Ewing with fifty. For the right. Knicks in 85-86. Right, yeah, yeah. Joel so, Embiid couldn't do it with, obviously, a dominant 31, 31 yeah. games. With, with but he got a, he got, he's still got a lot of votes. Yeah. A lot of people still yeah. thought he was the best player. So, yes, I think it is in play, but he would need to get back, I think, closer to the six and the eight-week okay. mark uh, myself. But, obviously, for the Pelicans, they don't care at all, obviously, about that. Their, their, their focus will be on, on uh, getting him right. But it certainly does now create an interesting race for that Rookie of the Year, because there's quite a few um, pretty exciting talents further yeah. down that list. Yeah. John Morant now is the favorite, um, I think, with the updated odds. Two to one odds, then Zion behind him at three to one, and RJ Barrett four to one. If he plays 55 games, though, he should win it. I, I just, there's just so much hype that people would be really pumped now at this point to see 55 games from a guy. What's the difference between, I, I think of it as what's the difference between the first and second guy? If it's drastic, like it was with Embiid between Embiid and Malcolm Brogdon and Dario Saric, I think I, I wanted to give it to Joel Embiid, even though it was a ridiculous number of 31. If you're 50-plus and you're Zion Williamson, uh, I, th- I think he could definitely win it in a best-case scenario. I just am still concerned about... Okay, this is like his third knee injury in a year here. Um, he had the one at Duke, the, the mild knee sprain in the same knee, that right leg. And then that dumb shoe. Yeah, and then he bumped his left knee. You know, very early into his summer league debut. Um, so that was the other one. What I can't do? We still know actually when this one occurred. Like this, I don't. You think know, the so. the reaggravation of this right knee. Yeah, I don't think. I we don't do. think he so. Was, and that's the scary part. That's right? exactly what I'm saying. That is the scary part. There's not like, oh wow, he landed very awkwardly, and look at his knee buckle there. Okay, yeah, maybe uh, that makes sense. Uh, he screwed something up in there. Let's clean it up or take it out. But yeah, this is. I don't remember that clip. I haven't seen that clip. Yeah, he was cruising along in the preseason. I mean, he was shooting 70% from the floor. Yeah, uh, and it was that game against uh, San Antonio, I think it was, or or, uh, or the Jazz maybe when he had the big 12 mm-hmm. for 13 from the field. Yeah. So there was certainly no indication the way that he was going into the paint, the way that he was scoring and moving around the court. There was 
absolutely no concern, I, I would guess, from the Pelicans that he had some injury. So maybe he was playing a bit through pain. Yeah. Maybe he, he did have a little bit and he was like, you know what, I'm just going to sort of ignore it or suck it up a little bit and show that I can play through this pain. And who knows, maybe that was it and maybe it wasn't. Maybe it, something happened in that game and it just uh, flared up the next day. Oh, it's such a bummer, though. It's such a damper on the start of the season. It's like mm. I was trying to compare it. It's like... It's, I'm still super excited, obviously, for NBA being back in our lives tonight with the doubleheader, Pelicans-Raps, and then Lakers-Clippers. But it's like going to like a tailgate before a big game, and you're like super excited to do that, go down there, go down to the Gulch in Atlanta, let's say, before Atlanta-United game, and you're going you're gonna to be drinking and hanging out. But then it rains. It's literally mm. a damper, and it's like, uh, it just, I don't, you know, I don't want to stand out on the concrete in the pouring rain under some, like, huddled under some tent, and it's maybe a little cold. Mm. I'm still, I'm still excited for hanging out with people and going to the big game, but it's like, <laughs> this sort of sucks. It's just a sure. bummer. It's like, I can I was bring you together. Yeah, it brings, bring it, you can be hugging your, your beer bro and having, having, <laughs> just having huddled a nice beside Larry one. Luke and Jared Dent. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, yeah, it, it does, uh, it, t- it takes a little, a little shine off tonight's opener, no doubt. But I guess we already, maybe it was like sort of baby steps to get to this because it was like, okay, he's not playing and everyone's like, okay. Maybe it's a week or two, and then, you know, not long after, it's like, no, it's surgery, and see you maybe around Christmas. Yeah, and I, maybe I'm being a bit naive, but I thought he was a bit of a Superman, because he blew through a shoe, because he's a monstrous <laughs> man. He, he literally, you know, fired through a shoe. The, the upper came, came detached from the sole of the shoe. He missed five games. He was fine. He's Superman. In, in Summer League, he bumped knees. It really wasn't a big deal. Yeah. I, that seemed really, really precautionary. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then this one, I don't know. I was just being naive, thinking that it was nothing. But the, yeah, you, like, as you mentioned, Skeets, there's no injury. There's no there's no event that took place that we know of. And so if he just woke up and it was sore, or he was playing with it and it was sore, uh, that's the uh, that's the scary part. Is that it could just be deep down that he's got some knee issues. Do you guys, do you guys, uh, I mean, I asked you yesterday and everyone said, nope, 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 sticking with Zion. Is anyone taking someone else as a rookie of the year before the season's actually started here? If you were Give me RJ Barrett. Oh, okay. okay. I'm on with uh, Bad News Barrett as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'll flip-flop that easily. When <laughs> Zion was going to miss 10% of the season, I'm like, okay, that's, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. When it all, all things considered... It's going to kind of be even at the end of the season, especially you'll see other guys pick up injuries here and there. They're not not every player, not every rookie is going to play 82 games, right? Yeah. Uh, but now that it's going to be a third to perhaps a half of the season, if they end up taking it even slower, uh, I, I'm just going to go with the guy who I imagine will be getting so much hype playing in New York, scoring a bunch of points. I think we're going to hear a lot more about R.J. Barrett than we will about John Morant, even if John Morant has a better season. He's got the hype machine behind him, so... Remix, R.J. Barrett time. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Wow. I'm ready. I'm ready to jump as well, but I'm going to jump to John Morant. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Jumping Ja. Yeah, I'm going to John Morant too. I've been, I, you're right, Trey, that he's going to fly under the radar just like I think the Pelicans are sort of going to fly under the radar now because it's small town Memphis and John Morant will be putting up better numbers than R.J. Barrett, but uh, I've been pretty pumped to see him in the preseason. And he's been he's, a highlight factory so far, yeah, exactly, too. I know exactly. Zion's got like the big dunks and amazing finishes, but he's been putting on a show, too, if you've been catching the clips. Yeah, and, and so R.J. will definitely get the hype. I just wonder how it's going to fare there in New York. He'll also get a lot of the... Uh, 
the opposite of limelight. He'll get the booze. He'll, he'll, yeah. he'll get... Yeah, yeah. If, if that happens, if the shot doesn't happen as well. Ja Morant, to, look, to me, looks uh, a little bit like a Jamal Crawford type of guy out there. You know, he's got the good ball handling and uh, slick moves like that. So he might get on House of Highlights quite a bit, I think, for mm. some plays you're going to see this season. But mm. uh, yeah, I'm going RJ. The, uh, I'm, back, I'm back on the Knicks. Okay, so we're, 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 we're taking, a, <laughs> taking, taking a mulligan with our ROI picks. Um, I said it there, you know, the Pelicans have a, a tough schedule to start. I think of their first 20 games, 16 come against teams that made the playoffs last season. Um, it's not going to be easy. They're on national television a, a whole bunch here in the first couple of weeks. Generally, when you're on those, in, you know, on those national televised games, you're playing other good teams because it's a marquee game. Can this team survive without Zion Williamson? Um, or is their season sort of over before it even starts uh, in terms of like trying to get into the playoffs? I think they got no chance of making the playoffs now. I think the season is over before it starts because you look at their big pieces they brought in. Derek Favors, who is uh, a really solid guy. Uh, he helps a good team become an even better team. The other additions are Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, who had a, so much promise. We got so much hype about him every single year. They never made the playoffs. They suffered through the worst stretch in Lakers franchise history. So I'm not putting a ton of faith in those three to lead them to the playoffs along with favors. Uh, I suppose perhaps uh, they still have a chance. They're able to catch some teams off guard here. Uh, you know that they have their guard down seeing, coming in, seeing they're not starting Zion. He's not playing. They don't have their most important guy, the guy we've been game planning against for the entire summer. Uh, so perhaps the Pelicans are able to steal some wins that way, but I'm not feeling too optimistic anymore. It was going to be hard for them anyway. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. you know, the playoffs was probably the ceiling for them, but uh, it's certainly now you just feel that they probably don't have quite enough, de- enough depth. But J.J. Redick, that streak's going to end then. Oof. Remember? Oh, that's right. He hasn't Unless missed he the traded. playoffs. Yeah, right. 13, 13 straight appearances in the playoffs. So, uh, But, you know, they're still going to be, you know, competitive, and uh, that, that's, that's okay. Like, it's a, it's a chance, I think, for Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, as Trey mentioned there, to have a new start anyway and just yeah. see what these guys are made of. I, I, so I'm excited for that. And, and, again, from what I've seen in Lonzo early on in these preseason games, he looks a much better player looks much more comfortable that shots is looking better and I think he's going to I think he's going to be a better player in this role and in this environment especially away from the craziness of LA I'll be a positive Pete here for a quick sec before I become negative their starting rotation is solidified now it's clear who's going to start without Zion Williamson because that that you know was a bit of a question mark would JJ Reddick come off the bench would Brandon Ingram come off the bench well now both those guys are starting along with Derek Favors in the front court and then Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday in the backcourt so now you know what the heck's going on and maybe that helps a little continuity sure. but they play in the West and that's that's the biggest thing that's, it's just too tough if we're ranking 1 to 16 alright they got a puncher's chance right. but not now Yeah, I, I don't think either yeah I am excited I mean this helps your uh, Lonzo Ball most improved player prediction yeah. there Lee I mean you know I think it helps it as a, as a possibility and yeah Brandon Ingram here we go um <laughs> he might be able to put up some huge numbers here uh down in New Orleans and that that could be exciting and, and maybe he flourishes so it's gonna be it's gonna be still fun to watch this team I know not nearly as fun as Zion Williamson and, and the highlights he'd be throwing down but um tough schedule and I, I'm with you guys I think they're still gonna be on the outside looking in I think that was gonna be the case even with Zion Williamson but I, maybe I brought this on Zion I gotta take a you know, I got to take some of the heat here because I had the uh, sprinkling, the little Greg sprinkles on Zion Williamson, the 10,000 plus 10,000 for MVP. So I just put too much pressure on him. I, too, I put too much pressure on his knee, um, which is the crazy part. So 
Too my many sprinkles. My I think goes. I'm going to switch him off of my first time All Star lock as well. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Rudy, Rudy yeah. Gobert. We went a little yeah. overboard there, didn't we? All right, let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Let's uh, let's talk some contract extensions. Oh yeah, some money being handed out yesterday. These guys are a lot of last minute. Last day contract extensions. Just quickly, Buddy Hill and the Kings, they agreed to a four-year, $86 million contract extension with an extra $20 million in incentives right after we got done recording yesterday's show. Tass, you called that. That's a check for you. You said it was going to happen, and it did. And it didn't stop. Jalen Brown and the Celtics agreed to a four-year, this one anywhere between 103 to $115 million contract extension. That one's done. DeMontis Sabonis and the Pacers, four years, about, you know, approximately $75, $77 million contract extension. DeJounte Murray and the Spurs, four years, $64 million. That's fully guaranteed contract extension. And then Torian Prince and the Nets agreed to a two-year, $29 million contract extension. Wowzers! Guys, of those five... Which contract extension was maybe the most surprising to you? That it happened or just the numbers that we that we saw? Jalen Brown is shocking to me. That, that's a big number. <laughs> that's a huge number for a guy that's pegged at, I guess, the highest on a, a food chain he'll ever get is three. You know, a, a number three guy, maybe two. And if you're being really positive, yes, he had a good run during that Eastern Conference Finals run when the Celtics made it. Uh, he was scoring 18 a game, but... As you, as you mentioned, those numbers, 115 they could get up to for four years. That's a ton. And uh, what I what I love about his agent, what he did was is phenomenal. He pockets $4 million if he plays 65 or more games in a season. Yeah. The, yeah so he, shows, he shows up for eight out of 10 games. He yeah. shows up to work <laughs> 80% of the days. You get a $4 million bonus. He's played a minimum of 70 in three seasons so far. That's, so. A, uh, that's an agent yeah. doing his work. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. <laughs> I, that, I mean, that's that contract, all those numbers you, you said, Skeets, for all those guys, that's the one that's based most on potential. Like some, somewhere where he Definitely. hasn't reached yeah. quite yet. I, I, I mean, he's good defensively, but he's a slasher. He's not really a guy you just give the ball to. I, I think that's pretty clear. I don't think that's changing all Yeah, that just the details about Jalen Brown's contract from Chris Haynes. Brown can secure $8 million in incentives if he wins MVP Defensive Player of the Year or makes one of the three All-NBA teams. And then, Tass, you said it, he pockets $4 million if he plays 65 or more games, the team wins 49 or more games, and they reach the second round of the playoffs. So that would his, his guaranteed salary is $103 million, but you could get up to $115. And okay, this is it's basically, the, yeah, it's basically guaranteed $107 because he's going to show up to work. Uh, <laughs> $107. That's, so what we're talking about is... When you, you know, re- hold 20, on, can I clarify something? Do you think million do, a year. do you think all three of those things have to happen to get that four million? No, like, the word "or" is in yeah, there. Okay. I think it's okay. yeah. I think it's just one. Well, he's the first Celtic to sign a rookie scale extension since Rondo in two thousand nine, too. So they don't, they don't do this often. I guess Danny feels he can trade a twenty seven million dollar a year contract. Um, yeah, I think I think so. Now, I think, I mean, last season he came off the bench a lot, Jalen. He sort of adapted his role. And I think that season where they made the conference finals, he was very good. He took a step backwards, clearly, the season after that, uh, last season. But I, I, I think he's a very, very good player. I mean, I think this is just a show of faith that the Celtics are going to give him a larger role and expect him to perform better. And if not, he's young enough that this isn't going to uh, sabotage a franchise, a contract like this. I know it's big money, 20-plus a year, but... 
uh, these days, that's not, you know. Oh, he's getting that no doubt in the summer. The free yeah. agent class isn't looking strong. He's Marietta Brown. He's from here in Atlanta. The Hawks are going to have tons of cap space. Yeah. He would be a perfect fit on a Hawks team. No doubt they would have offered him, you know, whatever they can offer him, four years, and then you're getting a player option. This way, at least the, at least the Celtics, you know, lock him in, and they're saying – you're going to have more opportunity this year. Kyrie Irving is gone. You are a part of our future. We want you to have a little bit more control of the offense. Let's see if he can do it. He's had one really good season, the year where he shot almost 40% from three. Let's see if that was not a fluke because his other two seasons, he's just been an average shooter. I don't feel like we've seen a lot of improvement for Jalen Brown. He can play his way into that contract. That's what the Timberwolves were hoping with Andrew Wiggins. As we've seen, it hasn't necessarily happened. The question now, is Jalen Brown going to be more like an Andrew Wiggins or more like a Jimmy Butler? He has seemed like both at times mm-hmm. to me. Uh, to me, probably he's going to be at his best when he's 30. Uh, that's a long time away from now. He's only 22 years old. Who knows if the Celtics still have him eight years from now, but he needs a little bit of bulk because I think he's really going to thrive when he can play against slower guys where he's showing off his athletic advantage. Which of these five guys that signed yesterday, is it Jalen Brown or is it Buddy Heald or is it one of the other guys? Who's going to have the best career? Of these five guys, if you had to pick, it's not easy. But Buddy's already great at something. He's already yep. one of the best shooters in the NBA. He's going to finish his career as a top ten all-time makes in three-point shooters. If he makes two hundred a season for the next seven years, he would be in the top ten right now. Glaze will pass him in the meantime, but he's going to be on the top list of all time. He's made the most threes in his first three seasons of any player of all time. He's yeah. a modern player, so to me. He's kind of already there. As long as he's able to stay on the court, he's not a guy that's like mixing it up inside, taking nasty falls, and uh, he's he's uh, shown some availability, no doubt, in his career. So I, I would roll with Buddy, especially it seems like he's on a pretty good contract, especially when you see what Jalen Brown's getting. I think mm. the Kings the Kings knocked this one out of the park with this Buddy Heald contract because oh, he, his salary declines uh, like 8% year over year, so it's going to only take up like 13 five point. 13.5% of the cap in his final year. That leaves the Kings with some flexibility, financial flexibility down the road when they're going to have all these other contracts they got to sign with Fox and Bagley. So that's smart. And then, yeah, it's like, I mean, Lee, there's an incentive in here from Jason Jones and Sam Amick at The Athletic, um, a reachable one, I think, for Buddy to play at least 70 games and shoot 85% from the free throw line. He gets half a million for that. Wow, that's uh, that's the sort of contract that I like right yeah. there. Incentivize guys to make free throws because we just know how important they are. But Buddy is a good shooter. Um, it took him a couple of years to find his stroke, obviously, in the league, like most young players do. But, uh, I mean, 85%, like, that's... Yeah, everyone should be shooting but, that, really. I mean, it's wild. I mean, if he's fewer than two turnovers per game, there's another half a mil. If he leads the league and made three-pointers, there's a, another half a mil. If, if the defensive rating is below a certain number, another half yeah. a mil. So, like, a lot he's of this... He's a career 87% from the free-throw line yeah, already. So, no. he basically... You know, just, but maybe just keep the, doing well, what you're doing. No, maybe that money will get in his head now when he's at the line. He's like, <laughs> well, Ooh. well, you know what though? Partly he doesn't shoot a lot of free throws, so maybe you know, maybe that's it. They want him to get inside and drive a bit more. I don't, I don't know, but uh, that does seem fairly attainable for him. And if he, if he's to lead the league in made three pointers, I'm happy it's made three pointers and not three point percentage. Or he will he would never be throwing up the uh, the half court heave uh, <laughs> at, the, at the end of a buzzer with that much money on the line. But I guess yeah. it is just made three pointers. So why wouldn't you chuck it up? Hopefully one drops. 
Any of the other guys jumped out at you? Sabonis, Murray, Prince, I, no problem? I, I, I th- honestly think the uh, pace has got a bargain there with Sabonis. I think he's a very, very good player. And last season, he spent a lot of time coming off the bench. I think he's a good rebounder. I think he's a very good defender. I think if he can improve his three-point shooting, he, he shoots a good percentage, but he doesn't shoot that many. But he shoots well from the floor. I think that's, uh, that's going to be a fairly uh, manageable contract. I don't really see him being any in any way sort of negative to that team. I think he uh, he brings a lot, and I think he's con- going to continue to get better. And also, if they didn't sign him to that, I think there would have been plenty of interest in him uh, next season as a free agent. So I think the pace is... I think that one they're going to look at in, in, in four years' time and go, yeah, we got a, uh, a pretty good price for a guy who's a very reliable player who continues to improve. And But do you again, think Sabonis and Miles Turner can work together? Well, and that's because obviously... Because they're, they're both the, being yeah. paid basically, you know, similar numbers now. That's obviously the question right now. And I think what the Pacers did was like, let's just sign them up both. They signed Miles Turner last season and let's see if it works. If it doesn't, you can easily be able to trade one of those guys because neither of them has a contract that is, uh, that is untradeable. I think they will probably focus more on Miles Turner. I think that would be their preference to keep him. But uh, if they can figure out a way to keep Sabonis and Turner working together, then I think they've got a very good sort of uh, front court rotation there. Yeah, I think all the guys you mentioned, Skeets, are, are, are pretty talented guys, all, the, all these guys yeah. you signed. Uh, and I think the Spurs got a nice discount on DeJounte Murray as well, probably because he was injured last yeah. year. He missed the entire year last year, or maybe it's just because the Spurs and they get discounts, period. $16 million uh, a year for a guy who's already made an all-defensive team mm. as a kid. He, he is going to shut guys down on that end, and he's shown... A little bit like Lonzo Ball, that he's got a new shot this year during the preseason. Uh, I think that guy. I don't want to. I don't want to throw uh, you know that Curry contract into this conversation because Curry's a very different guy. But I'm. I, but I mean that Curry ankle contract when he was a kid, and, and he they got a huge discount in mm. Golden State that four year deal. I think this is going to play out the next few years. Like this guy's your lead guard. Uh, and he's on the floor all the time, and you're paying him $16 million a year. That's that's nothing, and, and the Spurs are not going to let him fall off. So uh, I, I like the hot dog. I like Dijon Murray there. Uh, that's, that's, that's a good one. And then Torian Prince for the Nets, it looks like pennies uh, in comparison yeah. to all these other numbers, but uh, you know, for two years at $29 million, He's a guy who could probably make shots around Kyrie and friends. That's what they're hoping. Make some open three-pointers, especially when Kevin Durant comes back, and it's only two years. It's kind of lining up perfectly with Kyrie and Kevin Durant to to say, this is our team. This is a young guy that we're going to keep around. Hopefully, he's able to reach his potential that he showed. Sometimes in Atlanta, I agree with you, though, that DeJounte Murray contract is nice. At the very worst, he's getting $16 million a year, which is kind of what Ricky Rubio is making this year. Not totally different players, you know. Murray perhaps a little bit better defensively. Rubio is a better creator, no doubt more uh, established as as a lead guard playmaker sort of type. But there was a whole bunch of DeJounte Murray buzz heading into last season before he picked up his injury. The Spurs were really excited about him. And then they were really excited about Derek White. So maybe it's just kind of all of our guards we think are super good. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm big on Murray. I thought he was exciting coming out of the draft. It was cool to see him uh, transform into a lockdown defender in the point guard position. He's got a future. Like Tess said, he already made an all-defensive team. He's already established himself a little bit. So a tiny discount for the Spurs, but Murray gets to lock in some money coming off an injury. That's nice. Always nice mm-hmm. to see these guys at the end of the first round, too, get these uh, rookie extensions like Pascal Siakam going 27th and signing his big deal. Murray, I think, went 29th um, in his draft there in that 2016 draft, and he's getting his money guys what what incentives i gotta ask you guys what incentives would you like added to your no dunks slash athletic contract 
it, it, for whatever for for anything it could be a, a, something you've got to hit or something you've got to remove from your podcasting game <laughs> does anything come to mind we've been getting a lot of tweets lately saying are you guys still gonna count wedgies of course we're still going to count wedges. Right, right. And if we get to 50 wedges in the NBA season, I want The Athletic to buy us one Dinwiddie dollar. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, 50 yeah. wedges, one Dinwiddie dollar. It's 150000 for the base uh, uh, investment into the DDP, the Dinwiddie dollar plan. You get that, you're getting 2.5% or whatever it is for the first two years, then 4% after that. I don't know. Kevin Arnovitz wrote up a great thing at ESPN. It's very confusing. But I know that if we get to 50 wedgies and somebody buys us buys it for us, we can at least figure it out then. It's a good idea. I think if uh, if I can go like a podcast or two without saying no dinks, um, <laughs> I should make more money. Uh, or maybe not saying bonkers, which I like to say a lot. So it's like, I think it's, for me, it's like words that I say too often that if I remove that I then get more money. I think that would be a fair mm. contract. I'm with you. I would lo- I would love to get paid for words I I remove from my vocab. <laughs> that would be fantastic. We've been doing this so long, words just come out. Yeah, I, I mean the you know. I, I yeah. mean I mean for me, I'd like to get that removed. <laughs> I don't say it often, but I'd love to get that removed. You know, I say it too much. Uh, and uh, that is what. Well. <laughs> Lee, you got anything? I would, yeah, I'd just like to be incentivized to stay up for the second half of those ten thirty West Coast tip offs. Really? Oh, I mean, right. You're gonna get you know, paid to stay up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I Look, I'm up at six o'clock every morning, right? No matter what. So you know, I've got to I've got to have something there that keeps me up because I always watch the second half in the morning. But uh, yeah, man, <laughs> I don't know how you can how you can incentivize it. Maybe supply me with these kombuchas all season long because uh, <laughs> I hit up Publix this morning. I think the two for five is running out. So, uh, uh, yeah, stock up, baby. I know, I know. I've got like nine in the fridge right now. <laughs> so Lee, I got so yeah. tonight. You will not stay up. To watch Lakers Clippers. Uh, well, like so is, tonight, you know, it's a key I'll, game. Yeah, I'll probably make the exception because it's the season opener tonight. Yeah, okay. But uh, a Tuesday night, if you're staying up for that until one o'clock in the morning, man, my week is just toast after that. <laughs> Especially, I'm home alone too right now, so I've got both boys. I mean, it's uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll fight through it tonight where, like a where, trooper. Where's Roxy right now? <laughs> You're a brave she's man. with you, man. She's in the in the T dot. Oh, Roxy's up here. Yeah. Right? yeah, she's probably going to the game tonight. Did you fly up here to vote? Yes. Oh, yes. excellent. Good for her. She's going to the game today. Oh, I'm not Maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. She had a dinner with some girls, but, you know. Is Roxy getting a Raptors ring? What did, what did she do? <laughs> yeah, she to the was there. Yeah. She was there for game one of the finals, okay, that uh, historic right. moment. That's so. right. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, let's hear from you guys. Uh, maybe some incentives that you would like to see added to our No Dunks podcast athletic contract. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Hashtag No Dunks. Um, the athletic guys unveiled yesterday. A whole new library of NBA podcasts, including six national shows now. We got 19 team-specific ones. Got ones for the Clippers and the Lakers, Clip City and the Forum Club. You can listen free on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. There will be weekly bonus episodes, though, exclusively for subscribers on The Athletic. So make sure you use our subscription code. Let's see if I can do it without saying no dunks here. I mean, no dinks. Now I can't keep track. <laughs> theathletic.com slash no dunks to get 40% off. Theathletic.com slash no dunks to get 40% off. Um, yes, there's there's almost... Some people are now complaining there are too many <laughs> NBA podcasts. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Taz back in the day saying a shooter could be too wide open. Um, yeah, there's too many now. But there's a, there's a lot of great ones, obviously, with The Athletic there. So go check those out. 
the new the new meme's gonna be. Do you even podcast, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you yep. love saying bro, man. Maybe bro? Gonna, I know, man. I know. You get five dollars <laughs> extra every time you say yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's for bros. <laughs> gotta run here on this podcast, Sam. Bro. Um, all right. Speaking of the athletic guys, yesterday on the site there was a great roundtable article featuring the staff's national writers and insiders making some NBA predictions about the upcoming 2019-20 season, uh, answering some sort of all-encompassing questions. And I thought there were some really fun questions in that article. So I'm going to ask you guys these cues we can talk about. One of the one of the first ones was, what's the most intriguing storyline heading into this season? What, what do you guys pick? For me, it's the Houston Rockets and uh, what will go on there with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Because if this doesn't work, where do these guys go from here? You know, James Harden has been very close to, to making the finals with the Rockets two years ago. Last season, again, when Kevin Durant went down, the Rockets had a chance to at least advance past the Warriors, and they weren't able to do that. He hasn't really been able to work with another superstar. Didn't work there with Dwight Howard. Things with Chris Paul went closer than uh, did with Dwight Howard, but now he's got someone who he has played with, he has had success with, but that was such a long time ago that I'm not sure it's even relevant coming into this season. But really, the Rockets... They've got both uh, Harden and Westbrook have enormous contracts. They're both uh, 30 or older. So if things don't work out here for the Rockets this season, what, what, what do they do? Do they move on from one or both of those guys? That's the question there. But if it all comes together, maybe the Rockets are a chance. I don't think so. I, I think this is, um, this is going to backfire on them. I, just, I don't really see them as a, a genuine contender right now. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm just intrigued nonetheless. I'm just fascinated to see exactly which way this will go. My storyline is about the top. It's about who is the best player in the game. Who will all these NBA podcasts be talking about as the best guy in the league? Especially considering LeBron, this could be his last crack at that title, uh, considering he's going to be 35 on December 30th. I always remember that because it's always my wife's birthday every single year. She's younger than LeBron. (laughs) That old fart. Uh, but um, also the, the, the relationship he has with Anthony Davis is, is extremely interesting to me. When we look at that team, who are we going to be considering the number one mm. on that team when they start to play together? I think in theory, as LeBron has pumped him up during the offseason, uh, that it would be Anthony Davis. But when it comes down to it, uh, isn't LeBron going to be LeBron? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It sure it sure feels that way, and and that's why I'm intrigued. You know, it's easy to say when LeBron is injured. Oh, Kawhi's the best. Oh yeah, of course, Giannis is the best. But now LeBron's back in the league, and uh, it's time for some fun. And plus, you have that that added mix of him playing with a great player again, and those two balancing it out. Uh, it's and we're going to get it on night one. It, it's it's pretty cool to see Bron. Fresh, which again has been a very long time, playing with a freak in Anthony Davis. I think it's easy to forget, um, it, because he played in New Orleans, because he missed the postseason quite a bit, didn't have a lot of national spotlight. How incredible he is! So, yeah, I'm going back to one of the big coasts, one of the big teams. But yes, it's 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 exciting to see what Braun's going to do. Well, I'll jump in here because my most intriguing storyline is similar, I guess, in a way. It's the Lakers Clippers, like the hallway series here, and I know for the most part the players and the organizations have sort of been trying to downplay that. But let's be honest, they're playing in the same building and we're talking four of the best players in the world with two on each team and then there's Alex Caruso. Um, (laughs) And now it's already starting to ramp up a little bit here, maybe this rivalry, because Doc Rivers told Mark Spears the other day that the Lakers counting Minnesota titles actually bugs him a little bit. 
They won a couple titles back. You know, they're, they're 16 time world champions, Soccer. but only 11 of them came in uh, in LA, in Los Angeles. So I love that. I think it's starting here already here. Uh, these two teams clashing and obviously playing four times, and then hopefully in a playoff series because they've never met in a playoff series. The Lakers have been great. The Clippers generally have sucked. They came close in 2006. Um, when the Clippers beat the Nuggets in five, and then the Suns though beat the Lakers in seven. That remember that series, mm-hmm. and we would have had a Suns Clippers, excuse me, a Clippers Lakers otherwise. But they never met in the playoff series. That's got to change this year. Um, so I'm all in. I'm I'm fascinated and pumped about the Lakers Clippers hallway series or whatever the heck we call this one. <laughs> Trey, where are you going? This is working perfectly because my storyline is seriously the Clippers. <laughs> We're taking the Clippers seriously. You guys have been watching the NBA for 30 years. Lee, you've been watching the NBA for 40 years. <laughs> the Clippers have been a joke for 95% of those years that we've watched. Yeah. When they had Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, it was they were contenders. I never personally took them super seriously because I think Chris Paul is a super meltdown artist. I also think Paul George is a super meltdown artist, so it's good to see him still keeping a little bit of the Clippers flame alive. But I'm now looking at this Clippers team who signed two huge L.A.-based free agents over a LeBron James team who is now considered a favorite in the NBA. And I'm okay with it because this is a new era for us. It's a new era for the NBA. I'm trying to see it with new eyes. I'm okay with the Clippers being great. But seriously, the Clippers. It's the Clippers (laughs) we're talking about here. It is weird. They came out with like, you know, like a low rider Los Angeles jersey. And everybody was like, those are cool. We're in on the Clippers now. It feels very strange. That's, that's true. Well, okay, that, that sort of dovetails nicely into the next question, one of the ones on the Athletic Roundtable article. Contender with the narrowest title window. It is Houston for me. I think they could actually win the title this year. I think they are perhaps the title contender that gets talked about the least. When there's so much change in the NBA, when new super teams are forming, when new great teams are forming, the first year they're always the worst because during the summer, the year after, they're going to be able to get role players for super cheap. You know, it was Quinn Cook for the Lakers this year. Danny Green was a big signing. Next year, they'll be able to get perhaps a Kyle Korver on a veteran minimum, guys who are going to be able to chase the title a little bit more readily. Uh, So that, to me, is why the Rockets need to win now, especially like Lee is saying. Uh, Tillman Fertitta maybe doesn't have the deepest of pockets to add. Maybe if the season doesn't go well, want to move on from Westbrook, they got to find a way to get him out of there. I don't know what it is, but it feels like Houston's best chance to win the title would be this year when everybody is still a little bit unsettled. They can roll out two MVPs. Who knows how it's going to work? We don't have a long track record of success with Harden playing with superstars, but the first year with Chris Paul was great. He was an MVP. They won the most games in the league and they went to a game seven against the great warriors team they were pretty close it didn't totally work but they were close so that's why this year it's got to be the rockets if they're going to do it how many contenders are there can we just confirm this okay because you know the numbers being thrown a lot around a lot i'm guilty of it as well you know is it six seven eight nine how many teams can actually win the title this year i just want to clarify this as we you know before we tip off tonight who are the actual title contenders as of now okay let me say the team and you just agree or disagree bucks Yes. yes. Sixers. Yes. yes. Lakers. Yes. Clippers. Yes. yes. Rockets. Yes. Not for me. Okay. Nuggets. What? Yes. Yes. I'll hesitate. I'll, I'll be the great <laughs> okay, well, on that one. Okay. So okay. So we were sort of like four to five ish like locks. Okay. Jazz. I'm out. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Oh, Blazers. Can I get any no. Warriors? Mm. In, yeah, in, yeah. Whoa, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, Celtics, Raptors, anybody? Nah. Okay, so. I've only got two from the East and then whatever happens in the West. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like uh, it's not a consensus by any means, but 
generally six. Let's say <laughs> I just want to bump that number down a little bit from. Yeah, the, you want to bump it I've down. Seen. You don't. You don't want it. You don't want it. I see. Okay, I'm just curious. I was just curious. Well, yeah. So it's 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 Bucks and Sixers. I think everyone can agree. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. In the East, and then it's the two LA teams. Yes, that's a lock. Some people don't want to throw the Rockets in. I think the Rockets have to be in there. Lee, Lee doesn't tend nah, to agree. I'm not putting them in. And then the Nuggets, they were in the number one seed last year, only gotten a l- better because well, they're just two. a year older. Yeah, they were, they were number two. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Wow. They're going to win number one this year, though. Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, right, yeah right. Thank you. So, you know, that would make it six if you include the Rockets, the Nuggets. And then... Jazz Blazers Warriors. Jazz, yeah. The Jazz Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. six. I just wanted to clarify. So what's the, what's the contender then? With that narrowest title window, or do you agree with the with the Rockets? I, I agree. I agree with with Trey. Just just to jump in there because they rely so much on their number one and number two more than any other team in the league. Uh, and Russell Westbrook has not performed well the last few years. Russell Westbrook's going to be thirty one really soon. Uh, and and I, I say Russell Westbrook hasn't performed very well the last few years in the postseason. He hasn't. He hasn't been elite. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to get the best out of Russell Westbrook, I think it's going to be now when he's thirty one. You rely on him a ton, and then if it doesn't happen now, uh, this team has been together for you know a good amount of time. You know, besides Russell Westbrook, the, how do you move on from Russell Westbrook? That's that's mm. my question. Yes, you Chris Paul was tradable for him, sure, but that can't happen every year. And there was a reason that Russell Westbrook came back in that trade because he had a monster deal. I think this window is this year, or that's it. Uh, it just feels like there's so many combustible parts. Mike D'Antoni's on his last year of his deal. The depth of the roster, the ownership situation, taking out big debts to buy the team. I, I don't know what's going on there. I think this is it. This is the window for me. But they could have the number one seed mm. going into the postseason. That's how good James Harden is. I, I think the Lakers window is actually not all that wide open because LeBron's going to be 35 uh, in December. And Anthony Davis is in the last year of his contract. Now, Davis wanted to go to L.A. He, he likely will sign there. But let's say he doesn't. The Lakers gave up a lot of their youth and some future draft considerations to get him. So if things don't go well for the Lakers this season, you're going to be going with a LeBron next season who's going to be 36 in December, so 36, late 36 when he's going for a championship that following season. So things have to work for the Lakers this year pretty soon, pretty early, I think, or else, uh, or else they've, you know, they've basically mortgaged their future to go all in right now. It might work for them, but if it doesn't, they could be facing uh, what they've had over these last six years where it's just been, again, kind of disastrous. They hung on to Kobe for too long, remember, and didn't really allow to sort of rebuild through that era. They could be facing something similar again with, uh, with this current team they have. Good call. All right, let's move from teams to players. The player you think that could surprise us. Who wants to get us started? Which player could surprise us this year? This is Drew Holiday's ultimate time to shine. The Pelicans are on national TV 20 times because they have Zion Williamson, except for they don't have Zion Williamson right now. Somebody's got to be the superstar for him. Drew Holiday is a really solid player. He's really good. He can be an all-star any season. It hasn't happened very many seasons, one time in Philadelphia. I do think that if he it has his... If he's ready to go, if the team fits as well as they look like they could, if they play fast, if they play to his strengths, if he's able to play off the ball a little bit with Lonzo and attack uh, off the weak side, I think he can have an incredible season. I think he can be an all-star again this year, and I think people will be excited to see Drew Holiday. He's got a fun game to watch. He you know, he gets after it defensively. He's a big physical guy, uh, and he seems like a really good dude. Seems like a great teammate who everybody loves him. Uh, so, you know, I'm always excited about Drew Holiday. 
Uh, <laughs> maybe this is the year that everybody else does is too. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, he's not the most exciting player, but maybe this year he will be playing even faster. Mm. I'll pick us a guy in a small market as well that tends to get overlooked, sort of like Drew. Marvin Bagley. He's only in year two, but that guy is really, really fun to watch. He's got a lot of hops. He's got a lot of athleticism in that body, and he got lost in, in sort of the, the rookies last year. He just wasn't one of the big names, but he was 15 points and seven and a half rebounds. He's good. He's, yeah, and uh, why can't he get up to some juicy numbers this year? He, yeah, he people was, think he should be you know knocking on the 2010. Yeah, and I don't see why not. I mean, he wasn't getting really regular minutes last year. He was coming off the bench, and they didn't really know what was going on. And that's definitely a worry in Sacramento because they are 11 deep on that team. Mm. They've got a bunch of centers. They've got a bunch of bigs. Uh, But they let Willie Cauley-Stein go because they knew, I think, Marvin Bagley could be a center in this league, even though he's a little bit undersized. But um, the guy is freakish. And once they get the ball moving, because they – I love – again, watching them in the preseason – a team wants to play together, and they got a leader in De'Aaron Fox who wants to play together, and everybody touch it. And once the ball's moving and Marvin Bagley gets space, he's going to be rim-rocking. So I think he's going to surprise on House of Highlights and all those. Uh, <laughs> uh, Omar Raja is going to be putting him up everywhere. Bag, Looking forward to the it. The bag man. All right, the Lee, bag man. Lee, who you got? I'm going with Bam Bam down in Miami. Hey, that's uh, who I'm going with. Wow. Yeah, well, that's what Hol- well, Hollinger had him in the article. Yeah, the heat, the heat are big on this guy. Um, but is he a Bismack Biombo or is he actually a decent player? Because we know he's incredibly athletic. He loves to run the floor, grab rebounds, block shots. Can he now make that step and become a legit center in this league? I think that's going to be a very, very important part of what the Heat do if they're going to be successful. So, um, you know, him and Whiteside kind of were battling there for possession, for position, but the Heat didn't want Whiteside. They wanted Bam's athleticism and his work ethic. Now he gets that chance. Can he live up to it? That's that's going to be interesting to see because uh, he's fun to watch, this guy. But, you know, Bismack was also kind of fun sometimes to watch, but uh, he never was able to really round his game into anything more than just a, a highlight package, yeah. really. So As Hollinger wrote, he, he, he said, Bam Bam's really good. Bam Adebayo is good. Um, he can handle the ball extremely well for a five. He moves well defensively. I wonder if he's a younger Andre Drummond that can actually hit some free throws and pass the ball a little bit better. Now, he doesn't score or rebound as much, obviously, as Drummond, um, or even, you know, the block totals don't blow you away, but... Their numbers, sophomore seasons, their per thirty six numbers, at least pretty comparable. And I, you know, that's like Andre Drummond. Some people don't love his game, but I, I think in the right role, he's still a contributor. He's an all star. He's an all NBA guy, and so it's not a you know a bad goal for a guy like Bam to reach. So yeah, I, I went I went with him as well. I like that one, and I think he will surprise us on what should be. I mean, they got some decisions to make here if they move some pieces. Uh, should be a good team led by Jimmy Butler in the Heat. Um, all right, final one, guys. Player you would pay to watch. I love this one. Who would you pay good money to watch? Um, right Lee, now? I assume you don't have an answer. You've been getting tickets <laughs> oh, yeah. free since we moved. Right. Uh, Trick question. <laughs> Who would I consider paying money for? Yeah. Mm, great question. <laughs> no, Luca is for me. He's the guy I would go and pay to see. I would you fly to watch. You did see Luca, with Luca here in Atlanta last year for free. I did. First mistaken. game. Yeah. I am in love with him. I've got a big you man crush do. on him. Um, but have you seen him in the preseason? Like already, he's just he's he's gliding around the court. No, he's hitting great. threes. He's got the handle. He's a cool looking dude. He's, he's having a great you know what? time he's with like uh, Boban. He's your new Ginobili for you. That's <laughs> yeah, what it maybe. feels like to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like next level, maybe Ginobili. But honestly, yeah. honestly, he he's one of those guys. Last season, like watching the Mavs on League Pass when he was on the bench, I would definitely switch. 
games. Right. That's that's the, he's got that appeal to <laughs> well, me. Yeah. Look at the maps. Yeah. Yeah. True. Who but, are you uh, trying to watch on that? But too? but like uh, uh, Chris Stapp's looking good too. He's Chris Stapp's. He's got a tan, man. That yeah. Guy's yeah. Glowing. Yeah. <laughs> he tan. God, he's got such a vicious like um, part on his hair. So yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's honestly I think you would cut your finger if you ran your fingers through that. <laughs> Boban's probably going to do that this season, so we'll see that. Uh, but he's he he does remind me not not in the way that he plays, but it just in the way that I want to watch him, like a Brandon Roy. A lot of Brandon Roy talk on this uh, show. By but, you. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> you paid? getting paid by the Brandon Roy mentions that one here in Senebs? Under Don't the rim. Anyone, Roy yeah. boy. Uh, but uh, that's, that's under the rim, takes his time, gets to his spots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Luke. He's a young guy, but he does have a bit of an old man's game sometimes yeah, yeah. as well. Like he, But he, he's capable as well of exploding for a dunk inside. So, yeah, I, I'm big on uh, Luca. Okay, you would actually buy an NBA ticket. Maybe through I'm the Game Time app. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely down through the game time. Okay. I heard the tickets get cheaper uh, the closer you get to the day. Four to hours? The game. So, I don't know. Just something you might want to think about. Mm. Two taps. Who are you going uh, For me, guys that, that I haven't seen that I would be interested in seeing are Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic. Those are the guys who, when I'm hitting the hay early, Lee Ellis style, having my miracle mornings, getting up at 6 a.m. before the kids, I'm turning on Lillard and Jokic. Jokic has such an unusual game and such a unique game amongst NBA players, amongst stars, that you know he has such a finesse game on one hand with the passing and the way he's able to find open shooters, open cutters, and just... Uh, just make things happen for the Nuggets, but then he's also such a brute where he's just smashing into guys. Sometimes he's looking to create for others, but sometimes it's just, I'm catching the ball 15 feet out. I'm going to put my big soft shoulder in you as many times as I can and then throw up some sort of junk that somehow goes up into the rim and sits nicely. It's a little bit of a Tim Duncan dinkers and dumpers factor with Nikola Jokic, so I love watching him. And Lillard time to me is just must watch. Yeah, To me, uh, in the same light as Damian Lillard, but a little bit heightened. It's Steph Curry. Right now, without Clay and, and without Kevin Durant, I just have flashbacks of him against the Toronto Raptors in the finals there when he had that 47-point night when both those guys were out and everything was on him and they played the little box-in-one defense to try and take him away because he was the only guy running around. And that's the fun thing about it. When I watch an NBA game, I want a, I want a guy who's high energy. Yeah, it's fun to watch Nikola Jokic because he really stands out. Who the heck is this guy playing basketball at, at that slow pace and still getting to wherever he wants? <laughs> yeah, he literally stands. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. Uh, and then he'll just flick it up. But on the other end, you, or the other side, I guess, was Steph. He flicks it up from 40 feet. Hmm. And it's not like a guy who's, you know, we we're getting a few too many guys trying to flick it up from 40 feet. Obviously, <laughs> Steph, when he shoots it from 40 it's likely to go in. And if it doesn't, it, like he airballs it for that first shot in Chase, Chase Center as he did, uh, we have some fun. Uh, we all had a good laugh. And uh, at the same time, when he can, comes back, he'll do it again because he still can do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited. It's a very different era for Steph Curry without those two dudes. To say I saw him play, the guy I would pay good money to watch, would be still LeBron James. Like, just, you know, to say that you actually saw him play. I've, I've, I think I've only seen him play ever once, maybe once or twice. I saw him in, uh, you guys aren't going to believe this, I saw him in Madison Square Garden uh, with my buddy <laughs> Any good? Oh, it was incredible. Yes, uh, that was Heat Knicks back in the day. Um, so I go LeBron. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant says Madison Square Garden's not cool. Oh, well, he's wrong. Um, <laughs> it's the greatest arena in the world. Um, for the show he could put on, you guys said it, Steph and Jokic, I both of those guys and then exciting young sort of players I like the Luka one Lee I also put De'Aaron Fox just to see the speed like in person um, and I love how he plays but I actually and it's funny because there's news sort of breaking right while we're recording this that Steve Kerr is saying Clay Thompson is likely going to miss the entire season um, which is a bummer maybe not all that shocking but 
uh, Clay, if when like to catch Clay when Clay goes crazy when he catches fire, I think would be one of the coolest sporting events to be at when that was when you know when he's going for fifty and sixty and can't miss a three. Um, mm. I would have that super high on the list. Obviously, he's not doing that every game. I get that, but uh, man, just to be uh, in the arena when that were were to happen would be awesome. But it looks like yeah, we're opposing not fans go crazy. Watching. Yeah, that's right. It's like a pitcher <laughs> sort of go off. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like the the opposition, uh, uh, like a pitcher going for a perfect game on the road or you know, no hitter or something like that. It's like wow, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, Clay. But let's hear from you guys. That's a fun one. Player you would pay to watch. Let us know on Twitter hashtag No Dunks. All right, before we go, guys. We gotta make our pick 'em picks. If you're, yeah, if you're new to the show, this is something we've been doing for over a decade now. Every night, the four of us are gonna pick and bet on one specific game. This year, we're using lines, guys. We're unleashed. We can actually use the betting lines. It doesn't have to be just who wins the game. Um, we're gonna keep track of everyone's win-loss record, and at the end of the month, the person in last place has to pay it off. Basically, some sort of punishment. Now we're going to have to get a little more creative this year. We might have to do it on social media. Sometimes it might work in the audio format, but we'll figure stuff out. Uh, what's our game? I'm only two games on tonight. I assume we're going to go Lakers-Clippers. Is that the closest line, Taz? It's the closest line, although, you know, the line makes it fair. So we could pick the Raps favored by seven at home against the Pelicans. That is true. The line, you're right, does make it a lot. But the Raps are going to destroy the Pelicans. So so we're not going to pick that (laughs) game. But, yeah, the Lakers-Clippers is basically a coin toss. The Lakers are favored by two and a half, if you're not familiar with lines. They have to win by three to technically win the game. If they win by one or two... They lose. Okay. Or, or if they lose the game, obviously, they lose in, in terms of betting here. So the Clippers could lose by two points and still technically win right. the spread pick. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, but it's really, it's a coin flip. You're not ta- you're not taking the points or you don't care about the points when it's two and a half. You're not taking well, the because yeah, they can Jeff- lose by two. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So it's really a coin flip. Who are you picking, Lakers or Clippers? Lakers on the road, man. That's tough. Going into the <laughs> Staples Center in that visitor's locker room. I'm going with the Lakers, and I'm thinking Anthony Davis, our first woe boy of the year, 35 and 15. Ooh, calling woe boys. All yeah, right. why not? Okay. I'm, I'm also picking the Lakers yeah. because I've watched them more than I have the Clippers during the preseason. <laughs> uh, so I'm biased. Now, I think Kawhi's a little, he's a little rusty. No Paul George there. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to take the Lakers. They've looked quote-unquote better in the preseason. Lee? Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to take the Clippers, but I think this first Davis-LeBron game, they're going to be pretty hyped up. They're going to be... They're going to want to send a little statement to their cross-hall rivals that oh. this is our arena, even though we share it with you. So you're going Lakers two and a half? Yeah. Oh, screw this. I'm not taking the Lakers two. I was going to. I've got them bolded here in my notes, but we're not starting to pick and pay off with all four guys <laughs> taking the same team. Give me the Clippers. Mm. Give me the Clippers at home and the points. Oh, baby. We're going to get this started. All right, bonus pick em game too, guys. Game one of the World Series tonight. Nationals or Astros? Who you got? Who you got? Oh, Tess, why don't you break down the pitchers? Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't even know. I have no idea. Hurling. I don't who's, know. who's hurling on the matter? Yeah. <laughs> we got... Uh, uh, JV, Justin V. Scherzer's throwing for Ooh. the Washington Nationals. Yeah, and Garrett Cole throwing. Okay. Garrett Cole, baby. <laughs> I have no idea. I go Astros, I guess. Yeah, you got to roll with the Astros. Uh, they've just been mashing all year. And Cole is throwing those balls fast. I think. I, <laughs> I don't know. He's supposed to be good. I think the Cinderella run finally <laughs> catches up to the Washington Nationals. 
It's not going to happen. Ooh, okay. It's this not going to happen. This must be a bit of a disaster for MLB, isn't it? Washington versus Houston. When the Yankees were in the uh, last Astros round. Could have yeah. Yeah. Astros are one of the best teams in the league, though. Are they? Yeah, they've been. Oh, I have no I idea. Let, yeah. I think they let MLB in wins, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. They're a very okay. good team. Oh, yeah, the Nats. Is uh, Strasbourg, uh, is he still on the national? Yeah, he'll be there tomorrow. Okay. Uh, Strasbourg versus Verlander, Wednesday. Excellent stuff. That's that's back-to-back pitchers duels, Lee. Oh, well, there you go. As a guy who likes boring free throws, you're going to love this boring baseball. All right, well, enjoy Game of the World Series, uh, but I think you're going to enjoy, if you're listening to this podcast, opening night of the NBA season, baby. So, so excited. Uh, Quick shout-out here, guys. Happy birthday to Matty O. Hey. Matty O out in L.A. I hope he's going to the Clippers-Lakers game. Uh, big birthday. <laughs> he's so. definitely going. Yeah, <laughs> you know he is, baby. Yeah. Uh, so happy birthday, Matty O. That's it for us today. Again, you got about 24 hours here to get your NBA questions in for our first mailbag episode called Beach Steppin'. Email us, nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet at us at nodunksinc. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for joining us, guys. And remember, Matteo is gone and forgot. I mean, but not forgotten. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. You could stay.